Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating or review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, so we're going to get into a little bit more off-season stuff for uh, for for the next little bit. Obviously, I know it's the Stanley Cup final. I gave my predictions yesterday. We'll chat a little bit about it as the series goes on, but we're going to start getting into our free agent uh, discussions um, today and 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 look at the least free agents as the off-season looms because. I mean, there's only about a month left, less than that. There's like three weeks left in, uh, until the, um, less than three weeks actually, until the expansion draft for Seattle. And then about a week, a couple of weeks after that, we've got free agency. So, you know, a month out free agency, I thought, let's take a look and see, you know, where, where the lease are at. You know, who's a free agent? And what's what's the market going to be like? Can the Leafs afford to keep people? So it's kind of a stay or go free agent edition type of episode. So before we get into the free agents, let's take a look at the roster heading into next season and see who is on the roster and see where the holes on the team have been left behind by these free agents. So um, and keep in mind that another guy that I mentioned in a moment could also be taken as part of the expansion draft, leaving another hole. Uh, but this is. Uh, where we sit prior to the expansion draft. Um, so there's a hole on the top line with Matthews and Marner under contract, Tavares and Nylander also on their contract, but another hole left on the second line. So first and second line left wing are, are two holes, and that's left by Zach Hyman. And, I mean, Felino played there, but Galchenyuk played there for quite some time. So, like, those are two pretty massive holes, right? You've got two top six wing positions that uh, th- that have departed as free agents that you now need to figure out a way to either bring them back to, to refill that hole or find another way to do it. So, those are the two biggest ones, I would say, um, you know, the, the two top six wing spots. And then on the third line, McKayev is under contract for next year, Kerfoot is under contract and then there's uh, that spot by Wayne Simmons that is gone now on the right wing on the third line although there was some movement I suppose in the bottom six towards the end of the playoffs but I mean he played there for for quite a bit of uh, of of the season but regardless there is a a right wing uh, position depth spot in the bottom six that is is available and then Pierre Engvall, Adam Brooks and Jason Spezza presumably uh, three guys who can make up the fourth line going into next season um, on the books so they kind of got their fourth line situated so the forward positions they're missing a first line winger a second line winger and then a third line winger as well that's three pretty prominent like roles that that the Leafs now need to fill and don't have that much cap space. I'll get to the cap space in a minute. Um, and keep in mind, a guy like Engvall or Kerfoot um, could even get scooped up in the expansion draft potentially, which would open up some cap space, but also leaves another hole. And like I said, that this team is is already losing quite a few pieces to uh, to this roster. Moving on defensively, so Morgan Riley. 
And TJ Brody, both under contract. Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, both under contract. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, who I project to be a full-timer with the team next season um, as a third-pair guy. You know, give him a a chance to get his feet wet, but not give him, you know, an abundance of duties. I think as a third-pair role, he should be able to grow into his body a little bit more, figure out the pro game a little bit more, and uh, it'll be a good good way for him to to progress in his NHL career without having to get thrown into the fire uh, quite a bit. So Sandine, uh, you know, still under contract with the Maple Leafs right now, um, and he'll take up that third spot. But with Zach Bogosian uh, leaving, that is another spot that is uh, a hole that is left right now. So a third-pair right-shot defenseman is another hole that that is being uh, opened up here through the departure of um of Zach Bogosian. Travis Dermott, also a guy who played, you know, uh, the, the right side uh, sometimes this year. He could play both ends. He's in RFA, so he also needs to be re-signed. Uh, we're, we're predominantly just going to take, well, I guess we could take a look at the RFAs as well now that I think about it. But uh, yeah, so so that'll, that'll go into that. So just one defensive spot, really, that needs to be addressed here, and that's a third pair right shot. Um, a guy who Hopefully, can play the the penalty kill maybe because you know that's what Zach Bogosian did. Um, a little bit of grit and ruggedness to him, some veteran leadership perhaps. You know, obviously we'll get into it potentially. That could mean just bringing back Bogosian, but that is another hole that has been left open uh, for for the Toronto Maple Leafs going into next season. And then goaltending, you know, Jack Campbell on an absolute sweetheart deal, $1.65 million, um, going into the season. But uh, no backup as of now. So there's even a backup role, considering that, or when you think about that, Freddie Anderson yet to re-sign. Not sure if he will. Uh, we'll obviously get to that in a moment. Um, Dave Riddick, another guy who, who potentially could have to re-sign. I guess as of now, you could pencil in Michael Hutchinson, but he doesn't factor into uh, to the the cap space and the amount of contracts that are given out to, to these players as of now. And and so with all 15 of those guys that I just mentioned, granted, again, one of them could end up even being taken by Seattle expansion. But with these 15 guys on the books going into next year, guaranteed money, there is $11.775 million in cap space going into next year with just 15 spots on the 23-man roster. So with just $11.75 million, you know, how does that get distributed to the remaining eight spots, eight roster spots that is available on the team? That's going to have to count towards this team's $11 million, 11 plus nearly $12 million cap space. Well, it's an average of $1.47 million per player that the Leafs will be able to spend to get up to the $81.5 million cap floor. Because keep in mind, we're not getting a cap increase this year because uh, of the flat cap due to the pandemic. So it's still going to be $81.5 again. It could even be that for for the following season too. So not only do you have to keep the cap in mind for this year, but also got to keep the cap in mind for next year too. When you have a guy like Morgan Riley and uh, Jack Campbell, who are both going to be up for a contract renewal, so there's so much to go into what they do with their free agents that they have this year that the Maple Leafs need to keep in mind, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to go through and we're going to see. Who's worth keeping, and at what price, and at what cost are they worth keeping? Um, there's they they could save some money 
uh, by only carrying as little as 20 players on the roster, something they were able to do quite a bit this year. I'm not sure if next season there's going to be the taxi squad, the taxi roster that we saw last year, which kind of helped with this because it was it was necess- it was pretty much uh, the guys who like the. So 20 players are on your active roster on game day, right? 18 skaters, two goalies. And then you have three additional uh, skaters, typically. I mean, it could be a goalie, I guess. But so three additional players that don't dress on game day, but they are with your team full-time. They practice. We typically see, like, your your seventh defenseman and your, your you know, 13th, 14th forward usually take up these spots. Um, but last year, due to the fact that you know, this this taxi squad was introduced. They didn't have to carry those guys on the active roster all year. They were able to put them on the taxi squad, and then if they needed someone due to injury or they want to give someone a rest, you just pop them up onto your main roster, and you were able to do that and save cap space, uh, you know, for the, the rest of the year. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case next year, right? So as of now, we somewhat need to be a little weary about that so you can't just assume that they're only going to have 20 players on the roster because if they go on a road trip and someone gets hurt that's going to be a little tough right to to bring somebody up and and you know so uh, although it bumps you up from 1.47 um of an average salary between the remaining eight to 2.3 million you can spend on a player for the remaining five you got to weigh out the pro and cons and we'll see what ends up happening there uh, but let's take uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our friends uh, at betonline.ag. And when I return, let's get to the free agents and kind of see, um, you know, whose contract is up and what it may cost to retain them and if it's worth it for the Maple Leafs. And we'll do that next here on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock. Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, with you here as we go through the free agents that uh, the Maple Leafs have to make a decision on over the next month. Um, so we'll take a look at all the free agents and see, is it worth signing them? What's it going to cost? Can the Leafs do it? What what type of you know debates and discussions are going to have to uh, be had within front office and management about these players? And, and that's the type of stuff that I want to walk through and have those discussions with myself and with you um, about what the Leafs should do or what they could do this offseason season, knowing that there's plenty of holes on this roster and that there are a couple of guys who are pretty big pieces to this team that now are free agents and the Leafs got to make a pretty pretty big decision on. So let's get right to it and let's start right up at the tippy top with the the, the one player who everybody clearly is circling, who is a, a UFA and maybe a, a one of the top UFAs on the market this upcoming season, and that's Zach Hyman. You know, just 29 years old, but 
you know, Hyman is just an absolute beast for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, at times this year, there was arguments, and even I kind of drank the Kool-Aid a little bit where I was saying Zach Hyman may be more important to this team than, you know, Nylander, more important than Tavares. Like, he's the third most important player on this team after Matthews and Marner. I'll admit, maybe that was just a little bit of an in-the-moment type feeling. But that said, like, he does a lot for this team. Like, he's he's that guy that has a little bit of jam in that top six. He plays, um, you know, a 200-foot game, complete 200-foot game. He kills penalties. He goes and digs for pucks in the corner and gets it to guys like Marner and Matthews for them to be the superstars that they are. And he's a great guy in the locker room. He's a Toronto kid. He's a super smart fella. He, he writes children's novels, for Pete's sake. Like, Zach Hunt. Simon is is like just a, a, an absolute treat to have on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But at what price is Toronto going to be able to retain Zach Hyman? And are they going to be able to pay for him? There's a lot of discussion right now about what his market value is going to be. And again, because of the pandemic, it makes things a little bit trickier because we were seeing some free agent market, uh, some free agent uh, deals that were just going absolutely bananas for years. Like everyone always looks back to that 2015 class where, you know, Lucci, Jan Erickson, and, and Ocposo, and Franz Nielsen, and David Backus, you know, uh, Andrew Ladd, Franz. Like there's just so many players who just got an absurd amount of money that never lived up to the deals and it seemed like that was a yearly occurrence but then last year because of the pandemic and the flat cap teams had to players had to take a little bit less because teams didn't have the space to to kind of blow their brains out and go in and give up a lot of money or at least term to go and get these guys so you know what does that do for Zach Hyman's market and and I think it'll affect it a little bit, but realistically, like like I said, there's eleven million dollars, eleven point seven five million to spend. Um, and you need to get eight players. Are you gonna blow five and a half, maybe as much as six million of that money? Over fifty percent of the money that that you have allotted to you to bring in to bring Zach Hyman back when you're already paying, you know, ten plus million to. John Tavares and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. You already have Nylander making seven million bucks. Like, can you really afford to put that much more money into your Ford group um, to to bring a guy like Zach Hyman back? And then it's like, okay, well, what term is it going to take? Because clearly, if you extend his term, he's twenty nine years old. He's not he's not that young. Sometimes you know you you, you forget how old Hyman actually is, right? Because he was such a late bloomer. And didn't quite make his mark in the NHL until, you know, the other side of 25. And I think at 29 years old, you probably think that his play could start dropping off rather soon. I mean, we saw what you saw what we we had out of guys like like Wayne Simmons this year. His play dropped off quite a bit, you know, like once you get past 30, it, it really does seem like this this the age isn't quite there or the the skill level isn't quite there for guys like Simmons is 32 and he could barely skate and play in the league anymore 
And Simmons was like a very similar player to Zach Hyman back in his heyday. And Hyman is only three years away from Wayne Simmons. Is he going to hit that wall? If that's the case, are you comfortable paying him for the next six, seven years the type of contract he's going to want? Because this is his only time to really get a payday. I don't know. I don't I don't know. And as much as I, I hate saying like I think we need to let Zach Hyman go, I find it really hard to to look at his contract, look at this team, and say to myself, he's worth six million dollars. It's not that he's worth six million dollars. It's hard for me to say that the Leafs can justify paying him six million dollars. I think other teams can and will. Like he's going to get paid this offseason, whether it's by Toronto or some other team, I don't know, but he's going to get paid. And I think the only way he stays with the Leafs is if he signs a longer term deal and gets more overall dollars, but maybe on like a six or seven year term, or if he re-signs an eight year term, um and in you know, where it, it stretches out longer, but the last couple of years are are very are structured in a way where it doesn't make a lot of money and you can easily trade that contract off. We've seen that happen so many times where it's just a way for teams to kind of circumvent the cap a little bit. It's like, okay, we really we're gonna give you a six year deal, but we're gonna tack on two extra years at the end of it and only pay you a million bucks. But what that does is essentially take away like a million and a half or two million annually on the cap. So if you sign like eight times uh, four and a half or eight times four million, you know, that's a more digestible number, cap hit at least, to sign a guy like Zach Hyman as opposed to, you know, the four or five times five and a half, six million that other teams will be looking to to give him, right? So that's kind of what you need to, what I think is going to be deliberated in the, the lease front office. Um, if I were... Kyle Dubas, and I put my GM hat on. Unfortunately, I think I have to let him walk. And more so, maybe I try and and move his rights for something. Um, Or you you see if if Seattle is interested in signing him, clearly that would be easy. If he's if you're not going to sign him anyways, instead of exposing a player and losing out on somebody like a Hall or a Dermot or or a, a Kerfoot. Um, who are, are you know quality pieces to your future? A guy like Hyman, if you're not going to bring him back, and you think he, he's just going to, it's going to cost you too much. Perhaps you get in touch with Seattle, who'd be interested in bringing him, and then they could choose Hyman as their expansion pick. And then the Leafs want to lose anybody, and they give him up, uh, and and they're not going to you know suffer from it, right? So those are are a couple other options for Zach Hyman. Um, but honestly, I, I unfortunately, as much as I hate to say this, think that Hyman has to go. So for playing stay or go, I think Hyman's got to go. It's just going to cost too much money, too long of term. And I don't think uh, the way that the Maple Leafs have structured uh, their their payroll, um, just because they're so top-heavy at forward, they just can't really afford to spend the type of money on on a guy like Zach Hyman uh, as as other teams are going to be able to pay him. And unless he takes an unreal discount, which I don't think he will, um, I think he's gone, unfortunately. I, 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 I really do think he's gone. All right, let's take a look at another forward. Let's take a look at Nick Foligno. 
Came over from a trade midseason with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Felino's an interesting one. I mean, you gave up a first-rounder. He didn't really do much for you in the playoffs. He was injured. Um, I think if you, you know, in hindsight, clearly it wasn't a good deal uh, for Toronto to make because it, it didn't really do anything. You know, he played seven regular season games, had four assists, and then in the four playoff games he played, he had uh, just one assist and a weird fight with Corey Perry, which kind of was unsettling to everybody, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so not not a great year. And you look at, at the last few seasons he's had, his production has, has dropped off quite a bit, right? Back in 2016-17, um, had 51 points with uh, with the Blue Jackets. It dropped down to 33, then to 35, 31 last year in the shortened season. And then this year, just 20 points uh, through 49 games through the regular season. Didn't score a goal since coming over to Toronto. Um, not a single goal as a Maple Leaf, so he won't go even go into the goal column as a Toronto Maple Leafs goal scorer, which is kind of unfortunate, actually. Um, I didn't realize he hadn't got at least one. and I'm just kind of thinking about that now. Uh, but he's coming off uh, a pretty sizable contract where he made $5.5 million. He was the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't think he would be able to get away with that much money Um Going forward, I, I really don't. I think that was his big contract to get. Um, he would have signed it actually at the same age as, as Zach Hyman. So, I mean, like, it, it kind of makes sense. You know, a five and a half, six million dollar contract dish for Hyman. That's about what um, what Felino got back in 2015. So, should the Leafs bring him back? I think it's going to depend on what it would cost. I actually wouldn't mind bringing him back, to be quite honest with you, because. Although the the production is dropping off, I still think that he does a lot of really good things, and we saw like how smart of a player. And I don't think that you know the Leafs have guys like Matthews, Marner, Tavares. They don't necessarily need a offensive dynamo to play with them. I think what they just need is a a puck retriever and a smart hockey player who can put the puck in the right positions and be in the right position. Maybe set a net front presence for these guys, and I feel like Nick Foligno can do that. But again, what is it going to cost is the question. And I think like my personal threshold for a guy like Felino at this point in his career at 33 years old and on the on the downturn of his career clearly, um, injury history now also starting to kind of creep up as we saw happen in the playoffs. I mean, if he could come back and and maybe for about three to three and a half million dollars on like a, a one or two year deal, that'd be what I'm like at the highest comfortable at bringing back Nick Foligno. Maybe even three million, like three by two, give him a six million dollar deal, um, have him go for you know two Stanley Cup runs with the Maple Leafs, and, and maybe he can bring a cup uh, back to Toronto, something that his father was unable to do back in '93. You know, he's he's got room here in Toronto, um, and like I said, they're missing two top six winger positions. He can easily fill one of those positions, whether it's with Matthews or it's with Tavares or with um, yeah the Tavares line. He can fill one of those, and and as we saw, an injury occurs to one of those guys, he can slide into the middle. And even if you don't think that he can keep up with the Matthews and the Tavares line, which I think he, he he's shown that he can, but if he does start to really slow down, you know maybe just put him in a in a third line defensive role, right? I I think that could also help and. 
maybe that's a little bit too much for uh, for for a guy like that. So perhaps Kyle Dubitz needs to figure out can he continue to be a top six contributor. If not, then you probably let him walk. Uh, but if you think he can be a a uh, you know, uh, Zach Hyman lights, and I, I, it's unfortunate, like it's crazy that we're calling uh, players with the caliber of Nick Felino a Zach Hyman light. But if he could do kind of Zach Hyman ish things, go dig for corner battles, uh, fight, you know, in front of the net for for ice. You know, that's the type of stuff that I think is is what this team needs um, to complement the first and second line. And I believe that Felino can give you that. So, like I said, if if he can sign for like 3 million, I would say I, I would be interested in bringing him back to Toronto. If he wants more than that, I, I don't I don't think it's worth it because it's it, it just be risky, right? Like it's kind of a a high risk, low reward anything past 3 million and for for a team that's already up against it, just not not worth it. Uh, okay, we'll we'll chat about uh, Alex Galchenyuk next because this one's this one's interesting. Chucky um, had a resurgence this year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, did basically nothing <laughs> the last uh, two years with Pittsburgh and and Minnesota. He split last season, and then this year he signed a one year, one million dollar deal with the Ottawa Senators. Scored one goal, um, only played eight games with them before being shipped off to. Carolina, where he didn't even actually play, they said, "Hold on, just park it in Edmonton, park it in Ottawa. We're having discussions to actually trade you to Toronto. They're interested in putting you on the Marley squad, and uh, that's basically what happened." Like twenty-four to thirty-six hours later, he was now a Maple Leaf and sent down to the Marlies, refound his game, um, and and came up to the NHL with the big club when when his opportunity arose, and really ran away with it. Like, yeah, I, I thought that he actually played. Pretty well, you know, 12 points through 26 games, had four points um, in six playoff games. And, you know, you can, we all remember, I think it was game, um, was it game three or game four, where it was like the Galchenyuk game. Like he was unbelievable. I think it was game four, um, where he was just uh, unreal, had like a three point night, unreal goal, a couple of nice passes. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was honestly, you look at that and you say, okay, that's the, former top five pick I remember and if you can get him on a pretty cheap deal which I believe you could like this he was signed for a million dollars last year and he's had a couple of years now where he's hasn't been able to to get it going and and be that top end offensive player that he once was and I think that it wouldn't cost a lot of money, honestly. I feel like a, another one-year prove-it deal, just to show that last year wasn't a mirage, is probably something that he'd be looking for. I mean, 12 points in 26 games isn't really like even outstanding. And there was some deficiencies in his game. It was not like he was, you know, like the bee's knees and and came out out like a a loose cannon or a. Uh, he just wasn't like. I don't know, a, a classic top six player. I, he fits. He fits in uh, on this roster. Essentially, I think is what I'm trying to say. He he fit with that Tavares and Nylander line pretty well. And again, they're missing that one of those spots. And I think he could he could go in and claim it. And if it only is going to cost maybe like that 1.4, 1.5 million that uh, that that 
you know, we talked about the Leafs can allot as an average. I think $1.5 million for, uh, for, for Galchenyuk would make a lot of sense. Maybe he's a PTO kind of guy. Like, you bring him back on a PTO and you say, okay, what do you look like in the regular season? What do you look like in camp? Are you still that hungry player that's that's wants to continue to play here? Or was that just kind of a flash in the pan and now you're going to go back to being you know, your 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 lazy self, the, the guy he was in Ottawa or in Pittsburgh last year or Minnesota where he was just unproductive and his game completely fell off. So $1.5 of guaranteed money may even be a tad uh, risky just because he's kind of a top six or bust kind of guy where you, you, you feel comfortable playing him on the first or second line, but nowhere else, really. Like, you're not going to play him in your bottom six. Um, and if something happens where they sign other guys or, uh, you know, players emerge or a prospect emerges and he finds himself out of the lineup, that's a pretty pricey ticket at $1.4, million. So you are going to have to weigh the pro and cons and, and figure out, like, okay, is this, our, is this guy part of our top six fixture? If he is and they believe that he could be there all year, then I don't mind giving him a, a small one-year prove-it deal kind of in the similar vein that they did with with Wayne Simmons last year. But if if they are going to look elsewhere and say, okay, we're going to have competition within that top six, I, it's probably not worth it, to be honest. that that That's how I feel about it, um, coming from like a, a Leafs perspective. All right, let's take one more quick break. When we return, uh, we'll chat about a couple of these other forwards and uh, see what other free agents are left to discuss here with the Maple Leafs and uh, which ones the Leafs should bring back or which ones they should let go. Anyways, we'll do that when we get back here in the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code locked on and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast. We're going through some of the free agents that are uh, the Maple Leafs need to make a decision on in the next month or so as they'll become UFAs. So, so far, we've chatted about Zach Hyman. We've talked about Nick Foligno, Alex Galchenyuk. The next one that I want to talk about is Wayne Simmons. Uh, 32 years old, coming off a season uh, where it was pretty Kind of roller coastery, to be honest with you. I felt that he actually started off the year pretty good. Um, you know, he was productive. He, he he ended up on the power play as a net front presence. He he gave this team some juice, some life. He was fighting. He would lay some big hits. But then he got injured, and it 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 all kind of just came crashing down. And he just wasn't really effective in the playoffs. I felt that he was just 
way too silent. You know, I, I was waiting for the big hit. It didn't come. I was waiting for the fight. It didn't come. Didn't score. There was no production. Um, I, I I was not a fan of Wayne Simmons' game in the playoffs. And I think it's just because he's his body's starting to break down. Like, the, the style of game that Simmons played, a very running gun, a very physical game uh, his entire career, his body's just starting to give out, starting to deteriorate, and things are just becoming a lot tougher, right, at, at his age. You know, you, you cross the, the threshold of 30 years old as a pro athlete, things don't work the same. <laughs> and I think that uh, Wayne Simmons, has, is, for the last couple of years, has started to realize that, figure that out. And, I, I mean, at like a league minimum deal, sure, if you want to bring him back on league men, okay. But if he's looking for... Anything above that, I don't think I bring back uh, bring back Wayne Simmons. Same with Joe Thornton. Uh, regardless, I don't think you bring back Thornton because you you don't want to be in a situation where you have to force him into your lineup because he's Joe Thornton, right? If if he's going to come back to play, he's probably going to come back in a situation where he can actually play games. Although he wants to be on a good team and a team that's going to potentially win, he still is going to have to. He's still going to want to play. Like he still has that that fire inside him that wants to play every every night, or at least you know a majority, eighty eighty five percent of the schedule. And with Toronto, the way that that his game fell off too towards the end of the year into the playoffs, I I just don't think that Jumbo. He's just it, it was a fun year. It was it was it was nice to see him in a Maple Leafs uniform. It was a little later than I think everyone wanted, but at the end of the day, I, I just I don't think he's going to be able to help this team. Like I, I just don't, and I, I think it'd be a disservice to him to just have him sign back on a league men, only to have him kind of wither away on the bench and and up in the press box and, and just not play him. I I think that would eat at him and he would ultimately just retire like midway through the season. Like I I could legitimately see that happening. So Joe Thornton, I think um just a a, a one hit wonder, a one year one and done kind of season for him. Riley Nash, I think uh he didn't give us much in the playoffs, a couple of games that he played. Uh, definitely I I don't think that he will come back 32 years old. Um, he was, uh, granted, like injured. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he's for sure not coming back. Again, if the price is right, league men, perhaps he could fill that third line uh, right winger role. He, he can play the right wing. Or potentially you move Engvall up there and you could play Riley Nash as a fourth line center. He's a very good centerman. He's a very good penalty killer. Um, very good in the face-off circle, which is something that I think the Leafs could do better in in, in all three of those categories, right? So, um, you know, there's potential that you could bring back a guy like Riley Nash. You'd have to kind of take a look. He's not someone who I would – I wouldn't sign him in the next month. I would let him walk to free agency, see what else is out there, and if he's interested and, and you haven't filled that role of like a depth – um, depth penalty killer, I suppose we'll, we'll call it. Then maybe you reach out and say, "Hey, you want to come back and and give it another go at at a league minimum or a million dollars, and and kind of see what happens there." So that 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 would be my uh, rationale when it comes to Riley Nash. So that's all of the forwards that are up for uh, up for to be unrestricted free agents this year. So Felino, Thornton, Simmons, Riley Nash, Alex Galchenyuk, and Zach Hyman. And really, the only one of any substance, like at the end of the day, is Zach Hyman. So, you know, if the rest of these guys walk, which I think is probably likely, 
it's not going to be that hurtful. But Zach Hyman leaving this team is going to leave a big hole, a big hole. And I'll be curious to see if they end up bringing him back, signing him. You know, that, that if they can make it work, I think they should. I just don't know if they can. They also kind of would have to take a peek and, and see what they're willing to do with Morgan Riley. Because if they want to bring back Riley and Jack Campbell the following year, I just don't see how you can do that and also sign Hyman to a, a market rate deal. It, it just, I, I don't see it happening. So unless you plan on moving on from Morgan Riley, which granted I've hear I've heard Many GMs say this when they're dealing with with cap management. It's funny. Sometimes you hear, you know, teams say, "Yeah, we got to look in the future." Like, you know, coaches are very in the now, where GMs are thinking five years ahead. But I've also heard coaches say, and GMs, and I'm pretty sure Kyle Dubas, I've also also heard him say, "We'll figure it out when that problem arises." But this year, it's not a problem, right? Morgan Riley is under contract, and that's not an issue. We'll figure it out next year. If, if 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 that is the case and they want to do whatever they can to sign Zach Hyman. Because it is possible, like I said earlier, to sign Hyman. It's not impossible. It just makes things a lot more difficult. Because if he signs that, I think he'll sign for about 5.75. So we'll take 5.75 and take that away from the 11.75 that... Uh, that the Maple Leafs have that leaves six million dollars to try and and sign eight guys. Like it's doable, but then you're looking at literally eight guys at league minimum. Granted, you can try and do the whole twenty player thing. They only need to sign four guys, which I guess makes it a little little different. But you know, if you wanted to sign him at at, at six million, that basically means you've got to fill. The rest of your contracts, the rest of your slots at league men, unless you can, you know, get under, uh, get out of the the Kerfoot deal. I guess would open up some space if he gets claimed. Um, but a backup goalie that's probably going to cost you a couple million. Maybe a guy like Nick Robertson could step up into one of those roles. So Hyman and Robertson, and Robertson's making like league men, like nine twenty five. I think is his rookie deal. Uh, perhaps Lilligren, who's also on a pretty cheap contract, could fill in as that third defenseman. Um, and then, you know, you've got your your third line right winger. You would also have to sign at a very cheap contract. So it's doable. It is doable, but it would stretch this team so thin and, and once again be right up against the, the contract uh, limit, the, 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 uh, the salary cap. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but as always, I rambled on way too much didn't get to the defensemen or the goalies so we're going to save that for tomorrow's show uh and we'll do that there so just the forwards for today come back tomorrow we'll get to the defensive prospects and the goaltending um or free agents not prospects free agents and the free agent goaltenders and see what i believe we should do with the free agents uh that uh, the least will be walking to unrestricted free agency in the next month. But that's to do us for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. So that's myself. You can follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And a reminder, just to come back for another episode tomorrow. We do have episodes each and every day until uh, the end of July and then in August. 
I tone it down a little bit. We'll do three episodes a week there, but still tons and tons of Leafs and off-season content to come here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. So make sure you're subscribed and return tomorrow. We'll get to the defensemen and the goalies up for free agency and see uh, who's going to stay, who's going to go. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.